Welcome to the podcast for the Tuesday morning Q&A with Boyd W. Shepard DDSJD. Each Tuesday morning Q&A podcast is an edited and shortened version of the previously held live Q&A Zoom session. On Tuesday mornings each week, join attorney Boyd Shepard for a one-hour Q&A call where you can ask Boyd questions. Then hear his detailed and knowledgeable responses to the legal concerns and business experiences of other dentists. For more information on how you can join in on the Q&A each Tuesday at 7 o'clock a.m., please go to LegalDental.com. Good morning. Happy New Year. Hope everybody's well. Thank you for joining. Hope everybody's off to a great start this new year, 2023. There's still some folks coming in, so thank you for joining so early. It's January the 10th. Second week of the year, full week, arbitration versus litigation and how to choose the two. I think what's brought this to the forefront for me is the fact that I am currently in a couple of cases that this is an issue. Uh, I just wrapped up a case that was in arbitration. I have two additional cases right now that uh, are on the brink of going, possibly going to arbitration. And one of the questions is, well, why why arbitration? Why not just conventional litigation? And that's part of what I want to get into. Just for mediation is an attempt to settle the case. But the difference between arbitration and litigation is just by definition, litigation is the process of taking legal action, and it typically involves a lawsuit. What does that mean? Well, litigation regulations in the state of Texas that govern, for example, it might be deceptive trade practices or something else that the legislature has codified uh, in a statute, or it may be the common law breach of contract cause of action. But that would be filed in the courthouse with the county clerk or the district clerk, depending on the amount in controversy. Uh, Typically, the amount in controversy dictates whether or not you go into county court or district court. That will be for your attorney to figure out it's it's too specific to just generalize which type of case ends up in either more it's really a question mm-hmm. of how much the amount in controversy is then once that's filed in the court the county clerk actually assigns that to a court and then you are subject to the judge that's assigned to you You know, in Harris County, there's numerous judges in both the district courts as well as the county courts. So uh, you don't get to choose which court you end up in. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. So again, taking a look at the definition, just a simple definition, litigation is the process of taking legal action. It is what we typically think of when we think of a civil lawsuit. In contrast, arbitration uses an arbitrator to settle a dispute. 
It has there as one of the synonyms mediation. However, I would argue that it's the use of an arbitrator that makes the difference here. Now, arbitration, I'm going to get into the pros and cons and it will flesh out the idea a little bit more. But the cases that we have in arbitration or that I've been involved in, typically the attorneys agree. There's the American Arbitration Association. They have very, very specific rules. There's a process to initiate arbitration. And then it looks and feels a little bit like civil litigation because you do file a document and you do pay money to initiate the process. It does use the Texas Rules of Civil Procedure, but typically that's by agreement. Uh, it's not mandatory. There's a lot of the process of arbitration that is by agreement, but there's also a lot that's not once you agree to go to arbitration. And the reason I bring this up, again, is because I've been involved in a lot of cases recently over the past year and a half, two years, that have involved an arbitration clause in an employment agreement, particularly, and in another case, in a asset purchase agreement. And I see it a lot. And I've seen over the past 20 plus years, I've seen arbitration clauses in many of the contracts that I've reviewed. The issue being most disputes get worked out or there's no dispute at all, which is ideal. But when there is a dispute, if you have an arbitration clause in your agreement, then you may very well be subject and have no choice because as an employee, for example, if the, the employer presented you with an agreement that has an arbitration clause uh, and you sign off on that and you don't really understand what arbitration is, but to you, it's not a deal breaker and you don't anticipate there being any problems. Uh, you may very well sign off on an arbitration clause and not take a good look at it and understand what it is and how, how that may affect you. So I want to give you an example of an arbitration clause before I get into the pros and cons, just so that you'll have an idea of what I'm talking about. <clears throat> this is an arbitration clause from an actual real-time agreement that I represent the former employee on. And the paragraph starts off with, and this is where it comes into play. It's the legal fees and costs. At the top there, you see that it says, in the event that a legal claim, action, cause, case, or suit is brought by either of the par parties, each party is financially liable and responsible for their own fees, costs, and expenses, but not limited to attorney's fees, mediation, or arbitration and court costs. So if I were advising either the owner of the practice or the employee, whoever is bringing this agreement to me, I'm good with that top half because it says each party is financially liable. And that's fair, right? That's what I like to see, I like to see that if there's a dispute, then the parties on the very front end are saying, look, I'll pay my cost, you pay your cost. However, and the second half says arbitration of disputes. And this is 
this is probably the, the most minimal and yet at the same time just as enforceable and, and effective as any arbitration clause I've seen. And let me just make a note there real quick. Um, there are all shapes and sizes of arbitration clauses. The one that I'm showing you right now is very, very basic. And I'm showing that to you for the purpose of illustrating that this is how basic an arbitration clause can be. But if I can't take the time to show you every single iteration of arbitration clauses and what they look like, the thing that you're looking for in an agreement is, is there an arbitration clause? What does it say? How does it affect me? And that's what I want to get into in this very, very basic one for this morning. So the second half here says any dispute under or relating to this agreement shall be resolved by arbitration in Harris County under the rules of the American Arbitration Association and judgment upon the award rendered by the arbitrators may be entered in any court having jurisdiction hereof, or excuse me, yeah, jurisdiction thereof. If the controversy is referred to arbitration, any fee to initiate arbitration shall be paid by the provider, but the cost of arbitration shall ultimately be borne as determined by the arbitrator. And so there's two things about that that I want to focus on. The first part, as you're looking at it there, is the actually three things. Number one, any dispute under or relating to this agreement shall be resolved by arbitration. So when you sign off on this agreement, you're agreeing that any dispute under or relating to this agreement shall be resolved by arbitration. You're agreeing that if there's some question of whether or not one side or the other has breached the agreement, you're not going to go the typical civil lawsuit direction. You're going to go to arbitration because that's what you agreed to. I've seen it where cases that have an arbitration clause in the agreement that's the subject of the controversy starts in the civil courts but at some point may end up in arbitration because the parties point back to the agreement and say, look, you filed in the civil courts, but we agreed to go to arbitration. And then it gets redirected into arbitration. And that's a possibility as well. This agreement says any dispute relating to this agreement shall be resolved in arbitration. The second thing that I want to focus on is and judgment upon the award rendered by the arbitrator may be entered in any court having jurisdiction thereof. Well, that's where an arbitrator makes the decision after what's called the arbitration, but it's the equivalent of a civil trial. You have a trial to the arbitrator, the arbitrator makes their decision. And then that decision, this agreement says, can be then filed in any court having jurisdiction thereof. The purpose of that is because you want that final judgment of the arbitrator to be now enforceable. In other words, the arbitrator's decision, once that decision is made, which would be binding, then is filed in the civil courts and if there's 
no compliance with the arbitrator's decision, then the winning party in arbitration now has a document filed in the civil courts on which they can now file a civil lawsuit that would be even more enforceable because you have the agreement, you've already been to arbitration, everybody's followed the agreement and the rules of how they decided or agreed to work out disputes. The dispute was held in an arbitration, the arbitrator decided, and the winning party now wants the enforceability of that also filed in the civil court so that if the losing party doesn't comply with the arbitrator's order, they have one more level of enforceability on top of that to go to the civil courts at that point in time. And then the last thing, the third thing that I wanted to talk about is the last sentence. If the controversy is referred to arbitration, any fee to initiate arbitration shall be paid by the provider, but the cost of arbitration shall ultimately be borne as determined by the arbitrator. Obviously, if I'm representing the potential employee, I'm advising them to have that particular provision changed. The provider, the associate, the employee should not have to pay the cost to initiate arbitration. Even if there's a dispute, if the, if the provider, associate, employee versus the host, the owner of the practice, the employer, if the provider, associate, employee has a problem with the contract or there's some dispute, they are in a position of being the weaker of the two, arguably because in all likelihood, it was the employer that presented the agreement to the employee. So the employer is saying, not only are we going to go to arbitration, but if you've got a problem with my contract, our contract at this point, then you pay the cost. And you can see where that's intimidating it's a disadvantage for the provider, employee, associate, right off the bat. It puts them in a lower position of bargaining. And if you're not paying an attention as an associate employee provider, and you sign off on that, and then there's a dispute, well, now uh, you has, have a disincentive, a financial disincentive to to continue with your claim, continue with the dispute, because now you're looking at the costs of arbitration. So you may be thinking, well, what are the costs of arbitration? The good news for the employee is that the cost to initiate arbitration is around $300 versus the employer, it's much more expensive. It's around $1,200. And that's just the way the American Arbitration Association has set up fees. They put more of a burden on the fees on the employer. So if you're an employer and you are bringing the um, arbitration, initiating it, just know that you're going to pay more. Uh, all of this can be looked up and it's, it's too much detail for this morning to get into looking at the rules of arbitration, but just take my word for it, the employer pays more. But in this particular provision, it says, if the controversy is referred to arbitration, 
any fee to initiate arbitration shall be paid by the provider, but the cost of arbitration shall ultimately be borne as determined by the arbitrator. So what's the bad news there? Not only did the provider associate employee sign off on an arbitration clause and possibly didn't understand what that meant, but also the provider here signed off on any fee to initiate arbitration shall be paid by the provider. And, you know, again, as their attorney, if they had brought me this agreement to begin with, which they did not, and that's okay, because now we're dealing with the backside of it. But if I have the opportunity to advise a doctor on the front when they are negotiating the terms of the agreement to begin with before they sign off, then I'm advising them to change that to the owner, employer, host of the practice will pay the cost to initiate arbitration or better yet, just like it was up above, each party pays their own respective costs to initiate arbitration. That's what's fair. That's what it should be. Now, arguably, the question is, what is the fee to initiate? Is it just the fee of either party or is it all of the fees to initiate? And that's the part that I need to drill down on as the attorney, and I'm not going to get into that today. But it's just another issue in this clause that could have been negotiated up front. But now they've already signed off and may not have understood what they were signing, which is exactly why uh, we're discussing this issue today. So right now I'm going to get into the pros and cons of an arbitration clause. Uh, reminding all of you that if you do have a question, feel free to type those into the chat. And I do want to say good morning again to everyone. Uh, there's been a lot of people who have joined since we've started. Thank you for being here. Happy New Year. We're going to get into the pros and cons of an arbitration clause. I've been discussing the difference between the two. And you may have picked up on some pros and cons already, but I'll, I'll get into some specifics here in a moment. But again, thank you to all of you who have joined us since we began. Happy New Year. Thank you for being here. And please hold on till the end. I do have something new that's available to all of you that I do want to introduce to all of you that uh, you may not be aware of already. So uh, hang in there. Uh, so pros and cons of arbitration clause, now that you're aware of the difference between litigation and arbitration, as you are reviewing an agreement that you're presented with, which may be a, uh, which may be a uh, employment contract versus a asset purchase agreement, what are some of the pros and cons of an arbitration clause? What should you be considering as you decide whether or not you're going to sign off on that arbitration clause? So let's take a look at that. Hello, everyone. A quick break here in the middle. This is Boyd Shepard. I wanted to make sure that you know, if you are listening to this podcast, 
you can receive up to eight hours of continuing education credit in risk management that satisfies the Texas State Board of Dental Examiners eight-hour biennial requirement. To receive this continuing education credit in risk management, please consider subscribing to the podcast for the Tuesday morning Q&A. Go to my website, LegalDental.com, for more information. Thank you for listening. Here are the advantages and the advantages of an arbitration clause in a contract. Efficient and flexible. Any dispute in arbitration, both, or excuse me, any dispute generally, either party typically wants it to be resolved sooner than later, right? So the process of arbitration actually does go faster than the civil courts. I mean, can you imagine in Harris County how many cases it's just daunting to think about the number of cases filed and handled annually by our civil courts here in Harris County. Uh, I can tell you from experience, arbitration follows a much faster timeline for whatever reason. It's just set up to be more efficient. So arbitration can be handled within a matter of months. Civil trials on court calendars in litigation can actually take years right? So so it's a question of months versus years. Arbitration is more efficient and flexible. Secondly, arbitration is less complicated. Um, The arbitration process within the first month of what's called the initiation of the process of arbitration, there is a meeting uh, with the arbitrator and the parties will agree on the arbitrator, then there'll be a meeting with the arbitrator and there's a schedule laid out that everybody agrees to, marks their calendar, this is the timeline we're going to follow, and everybody agrees on the process. So everybody's on the same page. There's some little bit of strategy, but it takes out all of the unpredictability of a civil trial and narrows it down and that's part of why it's more efficient is the fact that it's less complicated right it may very well use the rules of procedure but at the same time you can agree to exclude certain aspects of the rules so that again the goal is to have a more efficient process you know arbitration number three there is much more private it's not in the civil courts therefore it's not part of the public record so whatever advantage or whatever that uh, holds for you personally it may be something that says look i don't want any disagreements about my agreements to be in the public eye arbitration has an advantage that allows it to be kept private and it's not public record So for some, that may have some advantage. Number four, impartiality. I just mentioned a moment ago that both parties choose who the arbitrator is. The picking of the arbitrator is done together. 
what happens is the American Asso uh, Arbitration Association will send the attorneys the list of arbitrators that are available for that particular cause of action based on, again, the amount in controversy, the type of controversy it is, let's say breach of contract in this particular example. And in the most recent arbitration that I was involved in, we were initially sent a list of 10 different arbitrators to choose from, including their resumes and their history of their not only education, but their experience, obviously, like their, their CV, if you will. And we were asked to narrow the 10 down to our top four. And then of the top four of either side, we had some overlap of two. And then we, so we went from 10 to two fairly quickly, just looking at their resume. And then from those two, we decided on which one uh, would best fit the case or which one was available. Uh, and we both agreed that either of the two would work. So that's how we arrived at who the arbitrator was. Um, Typically, number five, their arbitration is less expensive. I mean, just think about it. If it's faster and efficient and you get to the end sooner with a quicker resolution, arguably there's going to be less expenses and less cost along the way. And then finally, number six, the finality of it. Arbitration, either by agreement or in the initial a determination of the rules that are going to be followed. Uh, the parties can agree that the arbitration uh, will be binding and the arbitrator decides and both parties will adhere to the decision of the arbitrator. Again, there's the option to file that in the civil courts for an added layer of enforceability. And then the disadvantages, those are all of the pros. This is why you would consider arbitration. As I look at those one last time before we move on, for me, in my experience, uh, those top two there, the, the quicker resolution and less complicated than a typical civil litigation case, um, those are the top two reasons to consider arbitration versus litigation. Just the efficiency of it makes a lot of sense to me. I, I would not advise anyone against arbitration. It's more about the details of arbitration. So the disadvantages are, well, if you're signing off on an agreement that has an arbitration clause and you do in fact sign off, and you agree to arbitration, well, now it's mandatory. If that agreement is going to be enforceable, then it's enforceable against both parties. You've agreed to arbitration, cannot change your mind later. Now, the parties may agree, hey, we don't want to go to arbitration, and both sides agree, and now you go into civil litigation, civil litigation by agreement, but by signing off on the arbitration, now you've contracted, contractually obligated yourself to arbitration. 
So it may very well be, and in all most cases, is mandatory to now proceed on that timeline. Litigation is not going to be a possibility unless the other side agrees also. The other problem you can run into is number two, uh, the second disadvantage is that you may very well have a subjective arbitrator. Uh, You may choose an arbitrator by agreement both sides based on their CV, their resume, their history, their education, their experience. But you find out as you go along that the arbitrator could be biased and has some relationship with one of the parties remotely that you may not find out about it. It's it's one of those things where you on the front end, try to eliminate all conflicts of interest and all biases, but it could be that there's some um, reason that you don't get true impartiality that doesn't reveal itself until you get farther down the line. So it's, it's something that can happen. I don't think it's a deal breaker. It's just something to be aware of if you go into arbitration to really, really be careful as far as making sure that you eliminate the possibilities of impartiality and biases on the part of the arbitrator. Number three, in favor of the employer that the arbitration clause may be unbalanced. And I showed you the example of that earlier in the particular clause that I'm dealing with now. Uh, this particular employee or associate or provider as listed here in this agreement, the, the you see the term provider there. If the controversy is referred to arbitration, any fee to initiate arbitration shall be paid by the provider. Well, the provider is the associate or the employee. That's my client in this particular case. They have signed off that they are going to pay the costs to initiate arbitration. I can tell you that they didn't really think much about that at the time that they signed off because it looks like, well, we probably won't have a dispute. Everything will be fine. It's all going to be okay. And that's not how it ended up. So that's an example of what I'm talking about. It can be unbalanced. Already it's in favor of the employer. The employer is like, fine, we have a dispute. We're going to arbitration. You pay the cost to get that started. It may very well cost you right off the bat $1,500 to $2,000 just to initiate this, including your attorney's fees to represent you. So fine, employee, provider, associate, uh, you go ahead because why? Because our agreement says if there's a controversy, the fee to initiate shall be paid by the provider. So That's what I would consider a disadvantage, something to think about and be aware of. Um, Number four, there's no jury. There are many cases that there's a strategy and a consideration of whether or not to present a case straight up just to the judge versus asking to have the controversy, the case, decided by a jury. In the civil courts, you have the option. You can either go and take your case directly to the judge, no jury, or you have the option of saying, you know what, I think a jury of 
our peers uh, in uh, county court, it'll be six and district court will be 12. Uh, jurors to decide this issue is the way we want to go for a number of reasons. It's really a, a strategy and something that no two cases are alike and that you'll work out with your attorney. But in arbitration, this fourth disadvantage we have listed here, no jury, there is no jury. It's just the arbitrator. So you don't have a choice uh, in arbitration. You are going to one person just the arbitrator. And that's why it's so important to work together with the other side in choosing the arbitrator, but really pay attention to the um, the history, experience, and education of who it is that's going to be deciding your case. You're, you're putting all of the issues into the hands of one person, and you don't have the option to reconsider later. Number five, um, because there's just one arbitrator, there can be, as, as opposed to uh, jurors or even a civil judge, when you put the, your case in the hands of an arbitrator, there very well may be some unpredictability as well as the possibility of an unconventional outcome. Uh, arbitrators aren't bound to follow prior case law, although they do try to follow the guidelines of prior decisions in arbitration, they're not bound by that. Whereas the civil litigation process is much more based in the idea of, well, this is what happened in a prior case. This is what the precedent is. This is what how the law in the state of Texas has been handled here before. In arbitration, you don't really have that um, requirement. Generally, an arbitrator is required to follow the law. What makes it unpredictable and possibly unconventional is that uh, the standards for them to follow the guidelines aren't always clear. It's 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 a lesser standard, I guess, is another way of thinking uh, of it. So that's something to consider. I don't think it's a deal breaker. It's just something to be aware of as you go through the process. And then finally, no appeals. So the arbitration, just like the, the advantage, is that there is finality, the end of the dispute. It's over. It's been decided. This was one of the advantages. Well, likewise, that finality could be a disadvantage in the fact that you cannot appeal the decision. In civil litigation, there's the possibility of, of going through the appellate process. Uh, but in arbitration, there's no opportunity to appeal. And that actually carries some weight with me in advising someone whether or not they should sign off on an arbitration clause. I would say the biggest thing, just because it's an issue with me right now, is, you know, is it fair who's going to pay the costs? That's the first place I'm starting. Uh, if it's straight down the middle, then I'm fine. If the owner of the practice is paying them, then I'm, obviously I'm I'm fine. If I represent the employee, if I represent the owner, uh, I'm probably advising the owner of a practice to make it where each party 
uh, pays their own costs. That way it's not an issue going forward and something that has to be fought later. So, so again, our, our question today was arbitration versus litigation. It's a part of a contract that needs to be paid attention to and, and you do need to get into the details of. It's not something to just sign off on and really whoever's representing you, whoever your attorney is, whoever's advising you on any contract that you're getting into, if there's an arbitration clause, you really need to drill down on that and understand what that means for you. The next Q&A will be in a week, January 17th. And as always, your homework is email me your questions in advance. We're all back into the new year, 2023. Anything that comes up in your office that is a good legal question for me that I can answer during the Q&A, it might be the feature question, it may not, but I, I keep a running list and I try to cover those. I might send you an answer right away. I might save it for the Q&A, but anything you can send me in advance that allows me to prepare and get you a great answer, please send that to me. And of course, invite your friends, your colleagues, your, your team members in your office. Uh, please invite them to join us. Thank you again to everyone for being here. And I look forward to seeing all of you next week. Have a great Tuesday. Have a great week. And we will see you next. Thank you again for listening to the podcast for the Tuesday morning Q&A with Attorney Boyd Shepard. For more information on how to join the weekly Q&A each Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. go to LegalDental.com. This voice was produced in Typecast, an artificial intelligence voice service. Uh.